turn to Hebrews chapter 12. That would be great. Hebrews chapter 12. And I will just say personally, it was so encouraging to me to sing with you that last song, Psalm or hymn 63 by John Newton. What encouragement. May the Lord help us. Hey, before we dive in, let me remind you that um, while th this year is already kind of coming to a close, uh, I think it's next week would be uh, Thursday, November the, the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Thursday, November the 2nd, we will once again at 1 p.m., uh, just wanted to let you know quickly, have the Ripe for Revival mobile market here in our parking lot. Would you help us get the word out, as so many of you did the first time a few weeks back? Help us with that. We'd really appreciate it. We'd love to be able to serve as many folks as possible. And again, that's the Ripe for Revival mobile market. It, what is it? It's a pay-what-you-can, a pay-what-you-can-afford mobile food market that will be in our parking lot Thursday, November the 2nd at 1 p.m. Crossway, folks, would you tell me today if you could help? Uh, serve. I need at least two or three people uh, for Thursday, November the 2nd, 1 to 3 p.m. Would you let me know? And then the first Sunday of November, still a couple of weeks away, we look forward to, as we think about the Great Commission, Lord willing, we'll introduce you to Peter Harris and his family, uh, native missionaries to South Africa. And so uh, Peter's currently been in Louisville for a year or two, and we've, the elders have had a chance to meet Peter and his, and his family. We're excited to introduce him to you. All right, I think I've already said, and if you're not there, would you turn to Hebrews chapter 12? If you're physically able, would you stand for prayer this morning? Let's pray together. Lord, the eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. Uh, and in another place in Scripture, we are instructed to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And so, Lord, that's our prayer now. Give us our daily bread. Help us to feed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the bread that came down from heaven. Help us to eat his flesh and drink his blood by having faith in him, by trusting in him. Lord, give us the food from your word that we so desperately need. Help us in our weakness. Lord, open your word to us. Please help us through the Holy Spirit. It must be you through your word. You must Kindle the fire as you did in olden days of Elijah and Elisha. Would you do it, Lord, and help us for the glory of your name so that we would treasure 
the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends. You can be seated. So with our Bibles open uh, to Hebrews chapter 12, in just a minute, just a second, I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. I want to speak to you today on the subject of the discipline of the Lord. And just very generally, we're going to do two things. The big picture is we'll look at Hebrews and then we'll go to, we'll go to the Old Testament. All right, so that's just the, the very basic general plan. We'll look at Hebrews and then we'll, we'll go to the Old Testament. We'll talk about the discipline of the Lord is our theme. Uh, but, but just for fun and for a reason that will be clear shortly, the title of the sermon will be How to Get Rich Quick. All right, so that's just so that you will not fall asleep until I get to that part. And, uh, but again, you'll see why, how to get rich quick. Hebrews 12, 3. Would you look at that with me? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. Of course, that's kind of near the end of the Bible. Apostle Paul says this in verse 3, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, Crossway, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Uh, Hebrews 12.5 and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, Hebrews 12, 9, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. Parents, be encouraged, right? None of us is perfect. As it seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our good that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, and I'm reading through verse 13, Hebrews 12, 12. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet. Quick pause. I, just, I wonder if, those, if that language at the beginning of 13 makes you think of any other place in the scripture. Make straight paths. Maybe tuck that in the back of your mind. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Notice something with me very quickly. As again, what are we thinking about this morning? We're thinking about the discipline of the Lord. Maybe you have the English Standard Version like I do, and what does it say as a heading there beginning in verse 3? We just read Hebrews 12, 3 through 13. Before verse 3, what heading does it have perhaps in your Bible? In mine it says this, and I want to encourage you with this right off the bat. Listen to me. Dear Christian, do not grow weary. Do not grow weary. Please look again at what's indented. 3 through 13 is his sermon on an Old Testament text. He's just teaching an Old Testament text. Look at 5 and 6. Middle of verse 5. Look at it again. Middle of verse 5. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. He's just giving a sermon on Proverbs 3, and he's explaining it. So would you please, would you please go with me to Proverbs 3? And I will not ask you to flip a lot. I just ask you, if you would, to go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. That's in the middle of your Bible. If you turn to the middle of the Bible, of the whole Bible, you will not be far. You may go to Psalms and Proverbs is after that. Proverbs chapter 3. A young child accidentally took sleeping pills. Listen to this story. A young child accidentally took sleeping pills from the family's medicine cabinet. The doctor instructed the parents to keep the child awake by any means necessary for the next four hours including the pain of slapping, if necessary. Why? Because that pain was necessary for the child's survival. Even so, in the Christian journey, remember, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, later on, it yields peaceful fruit. Of righteousness. There's a famous quote uh, from a man named C.S. Lewis uh, who's been dead for many years. C.S. Lewis said this. Many people have heard this quote. Listen to it. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our work. He shouts at us in our pain. Lewis described our pain as God's megaphone. In your daily life, God whispers to you in your pleasures. You, uh, you enjoy golf. You may not be so attuned to the voice of the Lord. You're, you're working. God, God made us to work. Work is not the curse. Uh, work is cursed, but work is not the curse. You're working. You're doing what God has made uh, male and female to do. God speaks to us in our work. Of course, God speaks to us through his word. But it is, as Lewis said, 
as though with a megaphone, God shouts to us in our pain. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. Again, there it's in the middle of the Bible. And again, what are we thinking about this morning? The, the title is uh, How to Get Rich Quick. Our, our theme is The Discipline of the Lord. The Discipline of the Lord. Look at Proverbs 3 verse 11. And I hope this will, I hope this will seem familiar to you. My son... Do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves Him whom He loves as a father, the son in whom He delights. Let me give you some lessons as we look at Proverbs chapter 3. Let me give you some lessons. Let me give you some things that you need to do this morning, as we think about Hebrews 12 and as we think about how the preacher in Hebrews 12, 3 through 13 is simply, we might say, expositing the Bible. And so we want to look at his text here in Proverbs chapter 3. Let me give you some lessons, some things this morning that you need to do uh, in relation to God. Not things that you need to do in terms of, of mowing the grass or, or not even necessarily things that you need to do uh, for your neighbor, but things that you need to do, listen to me, in relation to God. And the first is this, is to trust in the Lord. There are, there, there's four things. There's going to be four of these lessons, okay? Uh, if you're taking notes on paper or just in your head, just listen. Don't, you know... Sermons should be something, it's, it's, it's a live event, we don't do video, we don't, we don't pipe in a preacher, it's a live event, and even, you know, even listening to sermons, it's fine, it should not be your main bread and butter, the church gathered, the church gathered is so important, there's nothing in the world like it, there's nothing like it, and so preaching is a live event, I am standing before you in my weakness. May God help us. Just listen, pay attention to the word of God. And the first lesson is this. In relation to God, what do you need to do? Dear friend, you need to trust in the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, do you know it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So the first thing that you need to do is to actually abandon your works. You see, the Bible is clear in places like Ephesians 2, and in fact the whole Bible, that it's not by works, but it's by his grace. It's through Jesus Christ. It's what God did and not what we do. It's what God did when he sent his own son as in the likeness of sin and as an offering for sin, Romans 8 says, to be condemned in our place so that there is therefore now no condemnation if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. It's not about first and foremost what we do at all. Do you see this first lesson 
this first thing from Proverbs 3 that you need to do in relation to God is to say, God, I trust you. That's not works. That's faith. Listen, the message of salvation in the Bible, all 66 books from Genesis to Revelation is a message of grace through faith. And another word for that famous verse in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord, another word is simply that word, faith, or believe. So please listen to me this morning. The first lesson in things that you must do in relation to God is trust Him. Which means negatively, stop relying upon yourself. Realize, listen to me, realize that you are bankrupt. That you have no wisdom apart from God. Let this book, let this book, which is the very revelation of God, which points to the revelation of God, who is Jesus Christ, let this be your everything. Trust in Him. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop fearing man and fear the Lord. Stop trusting in man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I read about a true story of a man who was crossing the Susquehanna River in winter. And it was all iced over. And this man was not a local. So as I read this story, he's crossing the Susquehanna River in winter. He's down on all fours to make sure he's not going to fall through the ice. But then he begins to hear something behind him. He begins to hear this clanking and clattering. And here comes somebody with a horse and carriage. And he realizes this man is a local. This man knows. He, I, I can get off of my hands and knees and walk because he's coming with a horse-drawn buggy. And it is, as, one, as it's been pointed out, there are some people, and we're grateful for these, who come into our lives or they come into the church and they shake us up. Because we can be complacent and we see them and they are just, they're trusting the Lord in everything. And it's a reminder to us, trust in the Lord. Young people, look at me with all your hearts and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do you see that there in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6? Look at it with your own eyes. This is a unit. Okay, this is a unit, verses 1 through 12. A paragraph, it's a unit. Uh, look at verse 11 for a second. Proverbs three eleven. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof for... For the Lord reproves him whom he loves. Now go back up to verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Go back to verse 11. Thanks for bouncing around with me. Verse 11. My son. My son. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Verse 1, my son, 
Do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. This is a unit, Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. And at the center of the unit of these 12 verses is the greatest thing in all the world. And it's verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look at it. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. What does that mean? One pastor says it like this. He says it it carries this idea. To throw yourself down on your face. Listen, throw yourself down on your face. He says to lie down. These are his words, not mine. To lie down, spread eagle in complete reliance. To make it as graphic as I can. To do a belly flop on God with all our sin and all our failure and all our fears. This pastor of whom I quote, I don't think he's just trying to be graphic just to win points. To do a belly flop on God with all our sin and all our failure and all of our fears. Are you here this morning and you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's ultimately what this is talking about. Listen to me. Are you here this morning and you've never, you've never in your life abandoned self-trust? And it, it does, it does feel so safe. We, we have these modern labels, and I'm not, I'm not putting them down at all. We have, we have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. It feels so, it feels so safe to be self-reliant. Listen to me this morning. Are you here and you've never abandoned self-trust? You've never risked it all to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, which at the end of the day is, is, no, is no actual risk at all. But you cannot be a true follower of Jesus Christ unless you are willing to abandon everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust Him who shed His blood for sinners on the cross Jesus died for sinful men and women and boys and girls on the cross so that you this morning, if you repent of your sins and trust in him, God will give you a clean conscience. He'll forgive you of your sins. He will make your path straight, which does not mean your life will be all peachy and rosy now. He will make your path straight in many ways now and for all of eternity, eternal life. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Well, the second thing is this. Not only trust in the Lord, but the second thing, let's go ahead and address this, is that you can get rich quick. Let's see this here. Let me just tell you, this is really a wonderful passage. So number number one, trust in the Lord. Number two, you can get rich quick. What is that true? Uh, it seems to maybe be true on the face of this, let me just tell you, Proverbs 3, 1 through 12 is a wonderful passage. And in the odd-numbered verses, in the odd-numbered verses, verse 1, verse 3, verse 5, verse 7, verse 9, verse 11, the Lord gives us counsel on things that we should do. And in the even-numbered verses, verses 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 
he gives us incentives, right? You're at work, you've got incentives to do a better job, maybe to earn a pay raise. In the odd number of verses, beginning in verse 1, he gives us counsel. In the even numbered verses, he gives us incentives because God, listen, is a God of rewards. God is a God of rewards. And, and by the way, you can just see that, like verse 1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. There's the incentive. Or verse 3, here's the counsel, here's the command. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Here's the incentive. Here's the reward. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. By the way, Luke 2.52 says Jesus, as a young man, found favor and success in the sight of God and man. And then the people ended up killing him. And then the Bible says in Philippians 2 that he now has a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus found favor in the sight of God and man. Luke 2, 52. Let's stop for just a moment and think about Proverbs because it seems like in verses 9 through 10, it seems like that maybe it's saying this is... This is like a something like the lottery, maybe. Uh, we, you know, we don't condone the lottery. It's the North Carolina Education Lottery. Let's do it for the children. That's really misleading. North Carolina Education? No. No. Proverbs three nine and ten may seem like it's possibly teaching what we might call the prosperity gospel or how to get rich quick. Again, notice, notice the odd and the even verses. The odd and the even. Here's the counsel from the Lord. Here's the command. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Here's the incentive. Here's the reward. Verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Well, does that always happen? If you, if, you, uh, if you tithe at church, if you, we just took up the offering, if you give to the offering, then it, it seems like maybe it's a one-to-one thing. And we've talked about this recently, even on Wednesday nights. If you, if you do verse 9, you put verse 9 into the machine. On the other side of the machine comes out verse 10, right? Well, in one sense, yeah, in one sense it's saying that. Let's think about Proverbs. Proverbs are statements that are generally true, all things being equal. Stay with me here. Listen to me. Proverbs are statements that are generally true, all things being equal. And ultimately, for the believer, they will ultimately be true. Dear parents, what about the famous proverb, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it? What's the nature of Proverbs? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Does that mean that faithful Christian parents whose children go on to not follow the Lord, does that mean they haven't followed the parental formula? Thanks to you, I was in Cary this past week, as I mentioned on Wednesday. Uh, as, as we're thinking about, think about the nature of Proverbs. The nature, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's like a, it's like a formula, right? Do this and get that. 
And I was thanks to you, I was in Cary at the Shepherd's Church last week. And the first thing that I went to on Monday, I was there for the better part of three days. The first thing, I saw this title of a breakout session, and I wanted to go. And it was all about, there's a passage in Titus about the, the children of, of pastors. The children of pastors. And it's hotly debated. Does the Bible teach that children of pastors must be believers? Or is what the Bible saying that children of believers must be obedient, whether or not they are actually followers of Jesus Christ? And I thought, man, that's going to be interesting. It met all of my expectations. It was very helpful. And you say, why are you bringing that up? I'm bringing it up because in Titus, it's like, is, is the pastor's child have to be a believer or do they have to be obedient? And Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Well, one thing, dear friends, is that we believe in a Bible word called a Bible word called predestination or election. You and I can't save anybody. We can, we can work to have obedient children. And we should. And there's too much, uh, too much not of that. Right? You can have a faithful family who they're not, they're not perfect, but they work hard by the grace of God to have obedient children, but their children may or may not be elect. You can have terrible parents who more often than not, more often than not, don't have obedient children, and their children may be elect. So what am, what am I saying in all of this? I'm saying that Proverbs are general statements that are generally true. They are generally true. They will ultimately, for believers, they will ultimately always prove true, but it's not a formula. In other words, this is not the prosperity gospel. This is not how to get rich quick. Generally speaking, the Lord says to you, generally speaking, all things being equal, dear friend, honor the Lord with your wealth. And of course, the application could be, you know, don't pay the tax man first. Set aside for the Lord first, before the tax man. That's just one practical thing. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine, which, by the way, just reminds us that this is set in the context of the old covenant and not the new. Okay? Well, we need to speed on. Trust in the Lord. That one right there was, number two, was honor the Lord. Dear friend, honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Number three, fear the Lord. Trust the Lord. Honor the Lord. Was number two, verses nine and ten are not how to get rich quick. By the way, verse nine says, verse nine says, everything that you have belongs to the Lord anyway. You know, it's like you give him 10%, which actually was not even the Old Testament tithe. The Old Testament tithe, if you look at it, was actually more than that. I'm not saying that because I'm a preacher. I'm not. I'm saying the Old Testament tithe was actually more than 10%, and God entrusts you with 90%. Everything you have belongs to God anyway. You belong to God. You answer to God. He owns everything you have. He owns you. Give joyfully. Give joyfully. Suffer. Suffer even with celebration. I want you to think about that. Suffer, dear Christian, 
suffer discipline even with celebration and joy. Fear the Lord. That's number three. What you need to do, you cannot even do on your own. You must plead to God for grace. God, help me to trust in you. Help me to honor you. Help me to fear you. Pray like David. Pray like David. Unite my heart to fear your name. Dear friend, if you're a Christian here this morning, what you need in your Christian life is more of the fear of the Lord. What we need as Crossway Church is more of the fear of the Lord. What you need this morning, if you're here as an unbeliever, and we're glad that you're here, Romans chapter 1, you need the fear of God before your eyes. You need to stop fearing man, and you need to fear God, and you will find that you will never be more joyful in the true fear of Him. We did not finish verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Verse 7. Look at it. Be not wise in your own eyes. Compare, by the way, compare Romans 12, 16. Romans 12, 16. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It's been said like this. I found this really helpful. What do you got on your agenda this week? What do you have to do this week? For some, it may be like a big week, and for others, it's just like really mundane. Here's what you have on your agenda this week. Two things and only two things. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Here's here's your agenda for the week. And one man said, after those two things, if you can find time, just focus on breathing. Listen, here's your agenda. Proverbs 3, 7. This is what's on store for us this week, especially as those who fear God. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The Lord is holy. He cares about holiness. He makes us holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, would you repent of your sins today and trust in Jesus? He will declare you to be righteous in His sight. You will be holy through the holiness and righteousness of another person. Jesus Christ is holy. He shed His blood for sinners who are not holy. He shed His blood for sinners who do not fear God and who do not trust in the Lord and who use money for... And make we make money an idol. Jesus died on the cross for idolaters, for people who love money instead of God, for people who trust in themselves instead of God. And by His Holy Spirit, He sets us on a new path. He makes our paths straight so that we love God more than money, so that we trust in God more than man, so that we fear God and not man. Again, look at it, verse 7. Dear friend, do not be wise in your own eyes. There, Proverbs says, there's more hope. Uh, I think what it says, there's no hope for a fool who is wise in his own eyes. Oh, humility, humility, humility through the cross of Jesus Christ who he humbled himself. He humbled himself. This is the essence of wisdom is humility before Jesus Christ. Hey, what's the incentive? You see the counsel in verse 7. Don't be wise in your own eyes. This, this is radical. This is radical. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's your two-part agenda for this week on your day planner. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones.
and your body, verse 8, may be racked with cancer, and God's providential care is over that all. Or your spouse dies, or you're just dealing with chronic, chronic pain. And I want to remind you, verse 8, it's not that it's true 90% of the time and not true 10%. It's always true. Verse 8 is always true through the blood of Jesus Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. Generally speaking, these things are true. And they will be ultimately true for believers. In the resurrection. Healing to your flesh. We have new bodies. Finally, there's this. Finally, you've been listening well. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. If you're a believer this morning, do not despise the Lord's discipline. What a great song. I ask the Lord that I might grow. Lord, would you, would you help me to grow? I, I want to I be a better follower of you. And he let the angry powers of hell assault my soul. What? Like Job. Be careful the friends that you run with. Like Job's counselors. Because the Bible teaches, listen, 1 Peter, Hebrews, Proverbs, the whole Bible, that believers through Jesus Christ and through the grace of Jesus Christ alone, we can, not in some superficial way, but in a real deep way, we can, we can celebrate through the gospel in the midst of our suffering. Verses 11 and 12, look at it with me. Verses 11 and 12 are the crescendo. They are the climax. I've already given you the overview, the odd verses, the even verses, the counsel, the incentive, the center, the center, trust in the Lord, fear the Lord, honor the Lord, and we land, we land on verses 11 and 12. Dear brother and sister, Crossway Church, do not despise the discipline of the Lord. Do not look at it. Verse 11, my son, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves. How deep the Father's love for us. The Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. God holds fathers responsible for the family. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Every human father is sinful and imperfect. Not this father. Not this father. He will allow, he will bring into your life pain because he wants you to be fit to enjoy the rewards. God has the end in mind. He wants you to be fit to enjoy the rewards in this life and in the life to come. And dear friend, that will not happen apart from his pruning hand. It just won't. It just won't. So do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. A boy's toy boat 
went out of reach on a pond one day and started floating away. A boy's toy boat went out of reach on a pond and started floating away. A man on the side started throwing rocks at the boat and the boy became horrified at what might happen. But then he realized that the rocks were going over the boat and making ripples that finally pushed the boat back to shore and into the boy's hands. And the point is made that many times when we stray from God, it may it may seem like God is, use the illustration, chucking rocks at the boat. Or it may seem like faithful, imperfect, loving brothers and sisters in the church are chucking rocks at you. But actually what faithful, imperfect, loving brothers and sisters and what a faithful, perfect, loving father is doing is throwing the rocks all out of love. To bring the boat back in. What is going on? What are you doing? I love you. I am for you in Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation. This is not punishment. This is not punishment. The punishment for the believer has been taken in full by the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He drank the cup down to its dregs. There's no condemnation. There's no punishment for the believer. There is suffering because of Jesus Christ who also learned obedience by what He suffered. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. William Cooper. I'm done as we just listen to these words. Would you just listen to these words and then I'll pray. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Cry for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all of it. Help us to hang our entire lives on your word. Help us to wait for you to speak. And of course, you have spoken in your word. We thank you for Hebrews 12. We thank you for Proverbs 3. We thank you that you not only give us the, the famous verses that we might already know, 
but we don't even know them like we should. And then there's a context, and we thank you, Lord. Help us not to despise your discipline. Help us not to quit. Help us not to throw in the towel. Help us to know. Help us to know that you love us and that you are for us in Christ Jesus, whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you.